0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors! What is up? Our learning is on. It is I Van Latham Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel. Van? There's
0: a lot of tense people out there. What happened? The uh the verdict in the Tory Lane's made the stallion cases. uh It's, it's, it's out. Out yet, it's, it's, it's it went to the jury, the jury it went to the jury, so it's deliberating clo- as we speak. The case is closed, it could happen during this podcast, it could happen right after. Uh, I will tell you this it's Thursday as we record. Okay, if we will be recording through the time that the jury will deliberate, they said the jury is going to cut it off at 430 today, it's currently 351 Los Angeles time, so we will still be on this record uh, when the jury is done for the day. If they do not reach a verdict, if they deliberate tomorrow, which they have the option not to, from what I'm told, they have to, they have the option not to deliberate tomorrow and to string it out until after Christmas. But if they that's decide to deliberate idea. tomorrow, that's what I'm. That's what
1: are I'm they? Saying, they're not sequestered, are they?
0: I don't know can't be know.
1: if they're going if they're going to do that for christmas they can't be but go ahead sorry
0: if they are um if they deliberate tomorrow and they reach a verdict tomorrow we will try to give you guys an hour on it tomorrow uh if we can jump on 30 minutes Rachel okay Brucey. i
1: mean see, you, you, see, you just see, you just know, can't, see no we're see, definitely
0: no 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 we'll no, definitely cover it tomorrow I just but want you said an hour. see i just <laughs> want you guys to know i just want you guys to know how it goes here I'm always down to give y'all what y'all want, get my sure. ass kicked by you guys. And Rachel's always the one that doesn't want to do it. She's always the one Ooh, standing these in these
1: absolutes. The always. True. It's always. Sure. It's always. Way, Let me tell you something. Well, I'm on vacation and I'm more than willing, right? I'm on vacation now. And I'm more than willing to give the people a podcast. But when you said an hour, I jump back. But if things don't go a certain way, I'm sure I'm going to want to talk for more than an hour. So we shall see.
0: Um, We will see. Once again, there's a chance, um, albeit slim, if you ask me, because about 40 minutes away from the deadline for them to be finished today, there's a chance that they have a verdict today. And if they do, we will obviously jump in on it. I want to tell you guys something right now. Uh, I am really disappointed in our fans. I am. Well, what's
1: new? At this point, I'm, they they're, they don't feel that anymore. When you say they're that.
0: worse than jackals, they're worse than jackals. That's all I'm going to say. Why? I'm not going to even go. Nope. Well, I'm you not have to. Even, nope. I'll do and it. And I'm not. I'm not even calling them jackals anymore. I'll do it. They they the the new name of them is DNA. DNA. That's the name of our fans.
1: And what does that stand for?
0: Donnie, bleep okay. it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious Boop it out So to make them Try to figure out What it is DNA that's, so, that's what they are
1: Very quickly The reason why Van is so worked up Take a guess It has to do With Mountain Lion Ooh. And I have to say As a person Who has not been A lover And most times Supporter of Mountain Lion I too Was taken aback By Dare I say Soulless Jackals On Reddit You guys Van has expressed what mountain lion means. He even told you how he finally was able to connect to why he is so drawn to mountain lion. Even I felt it, guys. Even it resonated with me. We lose P-22. So yes, what started out as a joke, not a joke, mm-hmm. but what started out as something that was light and, and, and Van was so curious about to learn about a new world full of mountain lion, It did turn dark and it turned sad. But that doesn't mean that we're going to start throwing digs at certain people, start saying we're done with the segments. We're glad it's over. Are you glad the life of P22 is over, too? You would have turned me from a hater to a lover just by the way that y'all were reacting on Reddit. We got to do better. 2023 Reddit, we got to do better. That was was a little too
0: much. We went too far. We went too far. It's okay. It's 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 fine. What's your far DNA? Uh, what you got going on for the weekend? What's your Christmas looking like?
1: Um, do it now tell me now. We're leaving. We are going to Miami. Going to Miami. Uh, you know, Brian's family celebrates Christmas Eve. It's something they do in the Latino culture. And then really, Christmas-
0: mm-hmm. so what 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 happens on Christmas Eve in the Latino culture?
1: Same thing. I mean, we're having a dinner. We're having we dance. We gather, we trade presents. It's it's Christmas, and we do it. We do we do it in the evening. At least that's how they do theirs. And then Saturday, Christmas Day, we go to. I'm going to brunch. That's their tradition at his sister's house, uh, because as my mother in law says, she married an American, so they do Christmas Day. And then I leave and I go to Houston to spend time with my grandmother. Pretty hair is there. The judge is there, and uh, yeah, that's it. And then I come back. What about you?
0: What are you doing? Uh, Chinese food on Sunday. Just hanging out, making some hot chocolate. I like hot chocolate. I like it. A lot of people don't drink it. Do you drink it? I do not. Why? Tell me why.
1: I don't want to say it because I don't want the jokes to then come right after.
0: It gives you gas. No. It makes you take a crap. No. You don't. Like chocolate. <laughs> oh!
1: That's it. Whoa! And I don't.
0: <laughs> I... Hey! hey, I bet you like that hot caramel though. Huh? Put it. I bet you like a little horchata. Huh? <laughs> what do you call it? Like, what do you? What's that stuff that my homeboy be sending me? Hold on. Shout out, Jason. What's that stuff that they send? It's a Christmas drink. You know what I'm talking about. It's a Latino Christmas drink. A Cuban Christmas drink. What is it? Oh, I don't know. A Cuban Christmas oh, it's, drink? Like, it's like it's like eggnog. What is it, what is it called? Coquito. No. Yeah, oh, Coquito. Coquito. It's Puerto. Oh, no. it's, I think it's Puerto Rican. Is it Puerto Rican? Make, my my homeboy is Cuban, out. and he's always sending me the, what is it, the Coquito?
1: But they probably, I mean, it's just in the culture.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't want to coquito, Rachel. That's what you like. You like that coquito, huh? 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 Ryan's coquito. I bet they drink the coquito there. Let me see. Look, Colombian coquito. Let's see. Uh, Being Colombian, Colombian Christmas traditions. Oh, listen,
2: they like small <laughs>
0: candles. And paper lanterns, pla- lanterns, placing them on windowsills and balconies, and decorating parks and roads. Bogota closes several streets so its citizens can admire the capital's Christmas lights and undertake family activities throughout the evening. It's very special.
1: There is Christmas. a really good
0: wait. Col- there's a Colombian really good Christmas
1: Colombian drink. drink that we
0: that my my
1: father in law drinks, and I cannot think. Beca- it's so good.
0: Is it? Oh, Sab- is- Sabahon Colombiano. Colombiano Sabahon,
1: Agua, Agua Diente. Agua, Agua Diente. Diente. Agua and Diente. But they call it something. It, it has a shorter name.
0: They also got thin- Canela's Canelazo, oh, Sugar Cane <laughs> oh, and Cinnamon oh, Hot Drinks.
1: <laughs> They're going to rip us up. <laughs>
0: That's fine. We're trying to learn more about <laughs> Brian's culture. And I'm not going to lie. These Colombian drinks look like they Bossin, what is this one right <laughs> here? Uh <clears throat> are good sour. The oh, yeah,
1: are, that's what I said. Agua agua diente.
0: Agua diente sour? I probably saying good. that wrong, but it's strong. It's strong. You like that. Yeah. Popular recipes. Wow, I'm I'm into I wanna mix I wanna drink some Colombian drinks. How come they don't how you know? It's like it's like share the drinks. That's very important. No, I, I like share the drinks. I I have been around Brian a lot. It's not like I've ever been to your house and Brian was like, man, would you like an agua dinto?"
1: D&T, ma- and um Dente? he doesn't really drink. Hmm. But we 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 should have some of that.
0: They got champus, which is it's it's champus. It's a fruit and corn drink uh for family get-togethers or during lunch. Champions. The corn taste is finely accompanied with cinnamon orange tree leaves and sweetened with panela or sugar canes. Wow. Mm. And there, there's the aguardiente. That's the traditional drink. <laughs> the national drink of the country, the name literally denounced burning water. This mm. is an alcoholic drink in various options at almost all restaurants and alcohol. Mm. This is tasty.
1: <laughs> mm. It's strong. Yes.
0: They do have chocolate. They have chocolate in Colombia. They got chocolate Santa Ferrino. Of course they do. Okay. Uh, So you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. You're You're going to have a good time. You're going to be down there in Miami. Now, the weather's going to be pleasant in Miami, is it not? Only
1: the first day. So Brian lives in the suburbs. So Uh if I go straight to his parents' house, I don't even see the water unless we fly over it. So we're gonna spend one day on the beach. That's the only warm day, and then it gets cold. Miami cold, fifties. Like what's Miami cold? Like what is it? Fifties and forties. Fifties and forties, and it's cold. Forties. It feels colder.
0: Right. And what? And then on Christmas Day, you said you stay there with them as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, I stay with them Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and we go over to his sister's house on Christmas Day.
0: So then, you don't get to see your family for Christmas
1: not this year. We do every other year.
0: How do you guys have all have there's there ever been a situation real quick where all the families have gotten together? Last year. So last year we went to
1: Tennessee. Was... We had a big house. That's when you met my nephews. Oh yeah, you
0: just on said the that. You just said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Rimshot, yeah, yeah. all that. Rimshot. How was that? How did that work out? Was that like a lifetime movie or what?
1: It was a lifetime movie. It yeah. w- it could not have gone better. Like one night we had a private chef. My sister's really good at event planning. So we had a private chef. Mm-hmm. We had music. Somebody came and like set up one man band. Right. And you know, like my parents were dancing. Brian's parents were dancing. Brian and I were dancing. Was, I there was, any, dancing was there, there the
0: any inner dancing? Like did your I, I mom? No, with... no, no, no. Did your mom dance with Brian's dad? <laughs> and did Brian's dad dance with pretty hair? I don't think so. What kind of freaky shit is going on in Tennessee? <laughs> I, I just
1: said I don't think so.
0: <laughs> you know what what do Everybody
1: stayed with there. their respective couples. Only was there any? You, hmm? Was
0: there any political discourse?
1: Never. We're not allowed to talk about politics.
0: We should bring it up. Um, things get wild. Things get wild. Look, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We got to talk about. I talk about former President Trump and his tax returns. Broke ass nigga. Um, <laughs> that's the big deal of the day we're going to talk about it on the other side of this break this episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Okay. Uh, We did not get to see in detail Trump's tax returns. That was never going to happen. However... It was a summary of Trump's tax returns that was released by the House Committee. Okay. The House Committee's report on Trump's tax returns is out. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into what was revealed, let's take a look back, let's go back in time to 2016 Hillary Clinton and what she said about Trump's taxes then Donnie, give me the audio.
2: Why won't he release his tax returns? And I think there may be a couple of reasons. First, Maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Second, maybe he's not as charitable as he claims to be. Third, we don't know all of his business dealings, but we have been told through investigative reporting that he owes about $650 million to Wall Street and foreign banks. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license, and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. So that makes if he's paid zero, that means zero for troops, zero for vets, zero for schools or health. So the actual tax returns actually will be released, but it's taken
0: a couple of days, as I understand, uh, because those have to be heavily redacted. You can't dox mm-hmm. Trump even though he's famous for doxing people. As far as what we've learned so far, Rachel, is there anything for you that jumps out at you or that is shocking uh, about the president's taxes?
1: Um, not in particular with him paying some years and not paying some years. I think what stuck out to me the most was the IRS. I would like to understand why the IRS, if the IRS is known to audit sitting presidents, why did it take them two years to audit President Trump? And then they only did that after being called out to do so by a congressman. So. I think that that's where I was like, huh, but that's their job. And that's what they're supposed to do. And they've done it for every other sitting president. Why is it different from him? I think that was the most shocking thing to me. And maybe, maybe not necessarily the breakdown of taxes. Cause I don't really understand all of that. And I think I expected it to be all over the place, but that I wasn't expecting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he paid nothing in taxes in 2020 uh, $558,000 in taxes in 2019, $5.3 million in taxes in, in 2018, and nothing again in 2017. These ups and downs were made possible by the strategic distribution of business losses, which soak up income levels and with them tax liability. That is according to tax experts. Now, T- Trump has some of the finest tax guys in the entire world. Uh, And has prided himself on that. So if there is any way for him to manipulate the tax code, you would expect that he would do that. As we learn more, these are the important things to me to learn.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Whether or not Trump was manipulating the tax code, it's neither here nor there for me because obviously he was doing that. And brags about it. Yeah. The important things for me are two things. Number one, whether or not anything that Donald Trump has done is tantamount to fraud, which showing strategic losses, inflating losses, not correctly reporting losses in order to lower your tax burden is certainly fraud. Okay. So if there's any of that in there, whether or not Donald Trump is guilty of tax fraud and number two, whether or not Donald Trump has actually lied about his net worth for this entire time. Now, a lot of people look at that and they go, that's petty. The reason Mm why, why would you want to know that? Right. Oh, Mm -hmm. like, why would you want to know that? Like, why would you want to know that? Uh, I'll tell you why. People say, what what does it matter how much money Trump has? A significant part of Trump's cult of personality, a significant part of his brand is his ability to will and deal and be a great businessman. Now, we might think that that only matters to the diehard Trumpers. I don't think that that's true. I think that there's a sliver of independents who, when they vote specifically with their checkbooks, Specifically with their wilds. Remember, there are a group of voters who voted for Obama and then switched and voted for Trump. You think about the gulf that it would like that you'd have to cross socially and in just temperament to make that. A lot of people said that they voted because they wanted to see some sort of economic change in the country, which, you know, still lost on me, but that's what they said. I think it's important to those voters or it's important to signal to some of those voters whether or not Donald Trump is as big of a huckster as he says he is and if he is truly lying about how much money he's been able to make and how much money he has I don't think it's going to ever matter to the diehards to the 35% to the people that would be with Trump uh, if he raped Big Bird I don't think that it's going to it's going to matter to those people right but I do think that there's that there could be a significant blow to the people who just don't give a fuck about the bad that somebody does or what they represent, that just votes for them because they think they know how he knows how to strike a deal. I
1: So you're talking about like oh, you're talking about independence, not not the not, not, even ind-
0: not even independence. I'm talking about like the people that kind of swing elections on the margin, the people that delivered essentially a Donald Trump victory in 2016. I guess-
1: I guess I'm, I'm like, am I crazy? I thought it was widely known that Trump is a terrible businessman and that he's been living off of his inheritance from his father and has continued to make bad investments. I thought that was known. I know we don't have all the details yet from the report, like the full-out details of what we'll get when it's redacted, but I thought it's been being speculated at least that when he did pay the money, and I don't want to say the year's wrong, 2018 and maybe 2019, that money that he that he paid taxes on was him selling the assets that were handed down to him. So I thought it was known that this man invests very badly. Because it's even being speculated, I was reading an opinion piece, that it's like, why would he pay no taxes? This is the man who prides himself, right? We listen to the clip of Hillary Clinton. He says when Hillary Clinton talks about the fact that he doesn't pay taxes, he goes, That makes me smart. He is notoriously known to not pay taxes. That's the thing. <laughs> it even from um his father. So it's like it's like a Trump thing. So for him to go to not paying taxes, then to paying taxes. It's being speculated that the reason that he did that is because he had to sell assets. And everyone's like, well, why would he sell his assets? Why would he do that? Because he doesn't want to pay taxes. It didn't make sense to do that. People are saying that he was strapped for cash and he needed money. So that's why he had to sell to get that money. And then he ended up getting taxed for it. So I just thought it was, am I, didn't you know that?
0: So, I mean, Donald Trump has lived a couple of different lives. There is certainly a version of Donald Trump In the late 70s and all throughout the 80s That during the boom uh, Of American greed During the Wall Street takeover Of America's economy Was the poster child For um, excess and success So Donald Trump made some money The question is how much and for how long. So there's no doubt about the fact that he was born on third base as was Elon Musk and different people born on different various bases. But he certainly at some point had some sort of business success. That's true. Yeah.
1: But as of recent, as he was running for president, I thought the narrative was this man has made several bad investments because what you're talking is like Early 90s, right? 80s, no,
0: early, 90s. 80s or early 90s. But 80s, early that, 90s. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, but you know, even in the early 90s, there was Donald Trump, the, all this stuff about him having filed for bankruptcy and all of that stuff because I remember Ice Cube video, they called him a broke Mac and all of that stuff. <laughs> but remember, that is, that's that portion of Donald Trump, right? Then, then there's another life of Donald Trump, the life of a paid celebrity. That life... Injected relevancy and a lot of earning potential back into Donald Trump and attached a specific strength to the Trump name brand. So, when celebrity, so when apprentice comes around, uh, comes along, uh, apprentice does two things. Number one, they directly pay Donald Trump for his services on the show, it directly grows his business. And the apprentice does something else, it lends credibility to the idea that Donald Trump is some sort of business wizard. Sure. Because he's schooling other people on how they should do their business. So that show really kind of, like, uh, revived him in a lot of ways.
1: I understand that. It added credibility to the name and the image. But I really thought these last 10 years, that narrative had changed. So... I guess that was my response to the first part of what you said. I do find it interesting though that you think that let's say that it's, it comes out that he doesn't have any money, which it is being reported that he had more losses than gains. That's that these preliminary reports are showing that. I think that it doesn't matter. I don't think it's going to sway votes anyway. I think I Trump's think, done
0: for 2024, anyway. But I yeah. think he's,
1: and that's what I mean. I think he's done for 2024. We're not, we're not on the line here with whether or not this is something that's going to be a huge factor in determining the outcome of the presidential elect, uh, election in 2024. I just think it's more embarrassing for Trump because he's already an embarrassment, right? And this just piles on and adds to. Oh, so you broke too? Oh, okay.
0: we're not gonna learn that he's broke we're gonna learn that he has less money than we think that he does and once again i do think that it's important for anyone out there that it's actually just important also just to spike the fucking football in what's been a really ugly era of american political discourse and just to kind of put it out there about for some people the people that can still be talked to Mm -hmm. say something real quick We can only talk to the people who we can talk to. (laughs) I mean, I'm just being for real. We can only talk to the people we can talk to. The people who we can't talk to, we can't talk to them. But we can only talk to the people that we can talk to. And even if there is somebody there that still might learn a lesson from just the unbelievable way in which they were conned, maybe it's worth something. But I see your point. Sean Hannity. Hmm. Hmm. Sean Hannity, (laughs) Uh, according to a New York Times report, was deposed earlier this year as a part of a defamation lawsuit brought forward by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News. Now, in case you guys don't remember, Fox News, OANN, Newsmax, all of these people came at Dominion, Dominion bo- voting systems and said they were corrupt, that they had been hacked, that they didn't know what they were doing, and this was the way the d- Democrats were able to perpetrate this widespread voter fraud because all of these voting machines are, uh, were ran on Dominion software. And they kept saying this over and over and over again and you would hear this on the right. Dominion said, fuck you guys we're suing you. <laughs> And they they Fox is different because Fox is a multi-billion dollar company. Sure. Right. So Fox is able to kind of like play it a little bit, slow play it a little bit, but it was hysterical to watch the Newsmax and all in people. <laughs> like whenever somebody would bring up Donnie, I know, you know, this clip, there is a clip of somebody going on. I think it was Newsmax and, and, Slightly intimating that there was voter fraud. And the guy jumps right in and says, hey, hey, <laughs> Newsmax can't in any way <laughs> say that there was voter fraud. And we'll tell you straight up right now, there's been no evidence of that. Donnie, if, if you can find that, I want you to play it right now.
2: What, what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page?
3: Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100% proof. And then I, when they took it down um, uh, about my, three weeks ago... My, I, and then i put it back up my personal i put it it was a mike thing uh, thank you very much mike mike I, you're talking about machines uh that that we at newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh yeah. okay. those Do kinds of allegations what? we um, just want to let people know uh, that there's nothing not substantive not that we've right. seen and let me read you something there yeah, while there it's were it's some it's clear it's evidence it's of it's some it's cases of vote fraud, fraud and election irregularities the election results in every state were certified And Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final. The courts have also supported that view. So we wanted to talk to you about canceling culture, if you will. We don't want to
0: relitigate the the, the, uh, allegations that you're making, Mike. This brings us back to Sean Hannity, who is a liar. According to the Times, Sean Hannity, when he was deposed, said that he did not believe for one second that there was widespread election fraud in 2020, despite some of his greatest hits being to the contrary. Donnie, give us Sean Hannity on voter fraud.
3: But first, tonight, many Americans do not believe that this election was fair. And make no mistake, every American has a right to feel that way. I feel that way. It's a corrupt and an embarrassing disgrace. We, you, the American people, deserve more. We are capable of so much more. What did Joe Biden get less than 1,000 people to tune in for his Thanksgiving Day message? But was supposed to believe he got 15 million more votes than Barack Obama and 15 million more than Hillary. And he underperformed with minorities in every major city except Georgia, Milwaukee, Philly, Detroit, and Nevada. Democrats, they just want to try and block any and all audit of what are now growing examples and, frankly, affidavits of ballot irregularities and outright illegality. Senator, is it a fair statement to say that now that the law was violated and election observers were not allowed in the room and were not allowed to to have their rights by law, that it invalidates the election, Now, on local level, there have been there have been election do overs. I'm not saying for the whole country, but in a state that can prove that the law was violated.
0: Rachel.
1: It's (laughs) it's it's not funny. I'm
0: just really trying
1: to think of what to say. It's not even that I'm shocked that he doesn't believe it's just this is a this is a network this is a man this is a show that continues to put out this rhetoric about fake news fake news when you're the one who's putting out the fake news and god knows what else i mean this What's sad is we're talking about this and we're the people that don't need to hear this. The people that need to hear this won't either ever hear it or won't believe it and will continue to call their own fake news, fake news, like this fake news. It's just wild to me that you're somebody who is on television and you're, this is journalism and it's supposed to be, I know people, especially an older generation who believes every single thing that they see on the television. And it is our responsibility, who are those people who are on television, to do the research and provide the truth. That's journalism, right? The truth to the public. And they're supposed to believe that the things that you're presenting are that. And the fact that this man outright lied, knew he was lying, but continued this narrative for ratings, it's like, what is this place? Where are we? And it won't, and, and the saddest thing, Van, is that none of this will even matter. The people who want to believe that it's fake news or that he didn't say it or that the media has twisted all of this will believe that. And the other people will believe this, what he said in his deposition.
0: Okay. Once again, uh, Rachel Downer, it doesn't, Rachel, it doesn't matter, Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It won't. <clears throat> I want you. Okay. You're not wrong. But let me tell you how we could possibly be right. Please. Okay, I'll tell you how. In my opinion, there is still merit to talking about this and I'll tell you why. There are people who aren't in the Fox News information silo that still believe that there's no difference in any of these news sources.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. There is is a... Refrain that goes out, and the refrain is left, right, Fox, CNN is all the same, and I can understand why people think that because the re the way that you judge whether or not something is different is not whether or not they're different; it's whether or not you're different, right? So, it's like if you elect one guy student council president. He's nice and you like him, but the lunch is still cold and you elect another guy, student council president, and you don't like him, he's a racist asshole, and the lunch is still cold, then you say it doesn't matter who we elect, it's all the same, right? And that's a broad way of looking at it. And so there are a lot of people from all different walks of life who say, hey, I'm getting bullshitted here. I'm getting bullshitted there. This is slanted that is slanted uh the left is this way the right is this way it's all the same and i understand that because Mm -hmm. there there hasn't been as much progress as a lot of people want and i'm not a shill for the left the fact is that's just not true okay okay Um, that's really not true not Mm -hmm. even in a like a a, um not even in a i'm talking just like in a real way that's not true Mm mm-hmm There's one side that is markedly worse. Sure. And they're incentivized to be that way. Yes. By an increasingly vicious fan base, uh, excuse me, vicious vicious voter base. They won't accept anything less than them going fucking DEFCON uh, 1 on every single situation. Or DEFCON 5, I don't know which one it is really. Fan base works as well. Fan base worth saving, (laughs) Um, so that's why this point. That's why this makes this is interesting to talk about because Mm -hmm. if your news is slanted, that's one thing. Right. If your news is an outright lie, that's worse. So if you there's a there's a part of of human beings that you can't like detach it. Like if you if I'm right now reporting on something in Ferguson, right, and I report on and I, if I have to report that Darren Wilson is acquitted uh, for killing Mike Brown, you know I am going to report that, and you're probably going to be able to tell that that's a disappointment to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Reporting it in a way that people go, ah, oh, you could tell he's invested, yeah, and he's he's biased on it is different than saying that it happened in a different way. It's different than an outright lie. And I think that we're starting to confuse those things. If you listen to CNN, no doubt there's a liberal slant. If you listen to MSNBC, no doubt there's a liberal slant. Those are coastal elites. That's a fact. They're not lying, though. Like, not to this degree. Like, they're not... Like, this is... in Sean Hannity, this is someone who has a set of intellectual facts that he knows to be true. But is running with the narrative. This is like joseph goebbels propaganda type almost authoritarian state bullshit coordinated with the president of the united states fox became state-run news for president trump and remains that way for it it, it's just a weird thing like people have to understand the seriousness of the world's biggest cable news provider being This deeply compromised. And we have got to talk about it no matter what. And hopefully people on our side will realize, not even our side, hopefully people who are, fuck the sides. Hopefully people who are open to having a conversation realize that it's not all the same. But
1: this this is where people say, the people who are paying for this, for Sean Hannity's show to be on, who are sponsoring it, who are supporting it, The net, because we can't count on Fox as a network to do anything. You can't tell me their hands weren't dirty, and then they had they had a part in perpetuating these lies. Right? I wouldn't be shocked if Sean Hannity did his show, took like they got off the air, and he was like, "I can't believe I got to fucking talk about this election." You know, we all know that Joe Biden won. He probably said that to a room full of people. Probably everybody was fully aware of what I'm assuming, but everybody was fully aware what he was doing. This is where you expect the people that are keeping the lights on to pull their support. If you're a sponsor on Sean Hannity show or Fox network, period, you shouldn't want your name and brand affiliated with a network that is okay with lying to millions of people. That's the call we need to be making because that's the only way that Fox mm. is actually going to do something. If it yeah. hurts their pockets.
0: Yeah. It well, works every I'll, time. I want you when to go ahead and get, get on the phone to my pillow and see if you can get him to pull. Well, that's not their only spot. All right. <laughs> oh, um, Elon Musk was musky. Okay? He's musky. He's not musty, he's musky. All y'all Musk fans out there, y'all kind of musky to me. Y'all smell musky. Y'all, I don't like the way y'all look. I don't like the way you smell. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the guy. Aaron Rupar might like him, might not. He has reason not to like him. We'll see how he he feels about him. He's one of the, the journalists that was banned off Twitter by Elon Musk. He joins us on the other side of this break on higher learning to tell us about what it's been like since he was kicked off Twitter. God damn it. turbulent times going on at twitter right now we don't know what to make of anything we're not sure who's going to be running twitter soon we're not sure what the terms and conditions of staying on twitter are we don't know what anything it's a completely destabilizing force by the name of elon musk who has made twitter into his own personal cult where that's what he's attempting to do and journalists are coming under fire we've seen some journalists recently suspended over. Claims of doxing and other things. Meanwhile, these journalists just say that they're doing their jobs, which is, of course, to report on not just the richest man in the world, but the goings on at Twitter and everything else. One of these uh, esteemed journalists that was unceremoniously booted from Twitter, who is now back on Twitter. His name Aaron Rupar, who is an independent journalist covering the US, U.S. politics and media and author of Public Notice. He joins us today on Higher learning. Aaron, my first question to you is, what exactly were you kicked off Twitter for?
4: I was kicked off Twitter for sharing a link to a Facebook page that tracks Elon's private jet. And um, it actually took me a number of hours uh, last Thursday when I was suspended to figure that out um, because I heard nothing from Twitter directly. And the other thing that I had in common with the group of journalists who was booted off that night is that we've all been critical in one way or another of Elon Musk. And so I think that had something to do with it as well. And I think at least at the time, um, the intention seemed to be to kind of put a chill on critical coverage and criticism uh, by booting myself and other prominent critics of the owner of the platform off the platform Um, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty baffling when it happened. Um, the tweet that resulted me getting kicked off, um, was such a nothing tweet that it didn't even occur to me that it might've been the reason, you know, for, for many hours until actually a reporter who was reporting out the story of the suspensions, um, asked me if I had posted anything about the Elon jet stuff. And, um, to back up just one more step, basically what had happened was on Wednesday, the day before I was banished, Elon banned an account on Twitter that tracked his jet, But that account lived on on Facebook. And so all I did was post a tweet saying, hey, um, this account might be be dead on Twitter, but if you still want to follow it on Facebook, here's the link. So, you know, it wasn't like I was doing some sort of expose or investigative reporting. It was just sharing a link to a Facebook page. But, you know, Elon, um, whether he's being sincere about it or not, claimed that this represented a safety threat to his family, which is pretty far fetched for obvious reasons, and kicked me off. So that's the story.
1: Yeah, Erin, we touched on this a little bit um, on our last podcast, and we're so excited to have you on. Hate what happened to you, but excited to have you on. I want to back up and talk about how this, because a lot of people might feel detached from it, right? You know, they're not not an independent journalist. You know, they're not really in the space. But I want to talk about how you got on Twitter, built this platform, used this platform for what I believe you called, referred to as professional currency and then Mm. how this direct act affects you, your career, and other independent journalists?
4: Yeah, thanks for that question, because I think, um, you know, it's not something that everybody necessarily cares about, nor should they, but um, basically I would not have been able to start a business and go solo um, had it not been for Twitter, and I think myself and other people kind of in my position who built huge followings over the years, you sort of take it for granted, because I think we had sort of regarded Twitter as almost like a public square of sorts, um, where there were rules and there was transparency and processes, and so uh, maybe that was a little bit naive because it's always been a private company, and you know now that Elon bought it and took it private, where it's no longer even publicly traded. There's even less accountability, and it's basically his dictatorship. You know, and it's his right as the owner of the platform to kick us off if he wants to. But, you know, I'm sure you guys as well, you know, in the space of being, you know, um, creators of doing content online journalism, um, we've all come to rely to varying extents on Twitter to talk to sources to gather information. I mean, I think we've all related over the years to news events happening on Twitter and hopping on there just to talk about them or get up to speed with the latest developments. Um, And that's a really important function in kind of our news ecosystem and just our cultural ecosystem that I don't think any other social media platform quite replicates. And so it would really would be a loss, you know, if Twitter went totally off the rails like it seems to be doing right now. Um, But the thing for me specifically is that losing access to that following that I have, you know, which is like 800,000 people now or, you know, more than that after this incident kind of caused a surge of people following me is that, you know, it cuts me off from the pool of people who are my readers, who are my subscribers. You know, when I publish newsletters, um, I try to get new eyeballs to look at them based on my Twitter audience. And so, you know, when you get that abruptly taken away from you, uh, my first thought, you know, when I was my first emotion when I was suspended was kind of despondency because it was like, wow, you know, what's this going to mean for my livelihood? How am I going to continue to make a living Now, as it turned out, it kind of turned me into this folk hero internationally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it ended up in some ways being one of the better things that's happened to me professionally, because this past week has been quite surreal, doing all sorts of TV hits and international media hits, domestic hits, radio, podcasts, you name it. And so it's brought probably more attention to my work than I think just about anything else that's happened in my career. But, um, you know, the fact that Elon has this power to just sort of kick people off for very spurious reasons really can have negative consequences not only for us who are affected but i think you know if twitter really was to go away there would be a huge void for everybody everybody just in terms of following the news um understanding what's going on in our country and our world
0: yeah and the quickness in which you get the news as well yeah um yeah. let's talk a little bit about Elon jet there are people who are i've talked to a lot of people who don't seem to understand what the news value of tracking his jet is and they go oh well i wouldn't want somebody track tracking where I'm going or how I move around or anything like that. Tell us a little bit about Elon Jet, the particular uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, destination and why this is so controversial and has become such a, <laughs> yeah. a flashpoint in this entire conversation.
4: I think it's kind of baffling that it's so controversial because, I mean, I think we all can think of instances in the past where this sort of information is used in basic news reporting. I mean... Think about how many college football coaches have taken interviews at one place or another, and it becomes a news story when their jet lands and we do it all know, the time, or something like that. All the yeah, time, like, yeah. Or, yeah,
0: like LSU's like, oh, his jet was seen in here. He might be taking this job. We do it all the time. Yeah, yep.
4: No, I remember you know being a Minnesotan when the Vikings signed Brett Favre in two thousand and nine. That was a big story because there was a private jet that went from Minnesota with some players. I like think Jared Allen was on the flight and some others down to Mississippi to meet with Varv and then they flew back with him and so that was kind of a big you know that was when it really got real that barb was going to sign with the vikings was when the vikings jet went down there and got him um and you know so at, at no point i mean the notion that that represents some sort of safety risk is pretty far-fetched because like also consider how big airports are i mean just that because you know someone's jet is at lax does not mean that you're going to be able to track that person down at lax um and so you know so and not only that um The fact that this, you know, that Elon Jet was banned does not prevent people from tracking Elon's jet. You can go directly to the source and still get that information. This account, Elon Jet, was a bot uh, that was set up by a college student who's actually a huge fan of Elon, ironically, um, you know, to gather information, basically ping the jet that Elon uses when it's in the air in detail, what airport it's traveling to and which one it left from, basically. So it's just kind of basic information that's publicly available. Um, now I've seen in reporting about this controversy since the account was banned that like Mark Cuban, uh, paid this kid off to get him to stop tracking his jet. And Elon has tried at various points to get this kid to stop by offering him incentives. Um, I think the kid was negotiating actually for an internship, which Elon wasn't willing to give him. Um, but so the controversy from Elon's standpoint is that he views this as representing some sort of safety risk to his family. He you know, cited this incident that occurred in Southern California, where allegedly a stalker was following his kids. Um, there was a bunch of follow up reporting on this that revealed that the incident in question actually happened a day after his private jet landed in LAX. So there's no obvious connection to any sort of flight tracking. And the only person who has been um, singled out as like a criminal suspect is one of Elon's security members who allegedly um, hit someone with a car. So the whole incident is quite shrouded in mystery, and it's still unclear exactly what happened. But the long and short of it is that there doesn't seem to be any connection with this flight tracking stuff. So to me, it seems pretty clear that the problem is more one of embarrassment um, or, you know, th- there's a reason that Elon doesn't want people tracking his jet around. I don't really think it has to do with safety. But, um, you know, I'm open what's that, to any so sort of safety risk. I'm not deeply committed to this idea that, you know, we need to track his jet everywhere. But I would just point out that this is publicly available information that's been used in news reporting for decades. And so the idea that suddenly there's this grave security threat or it's an invasion of privacy, I just don't really think follows.
0: You, you one second. you seem to sit. Well, you said that you feel like there's a reason other than safety that people don't want that. He doesn't want people tracking his jet. What is that reason?
4: I think it could be as simple as embarrassment. I mean, some of the flights that his jet uh, was taking were like from San Jose to San Francisco type situations where, you know, it's in the air for five minutes. And um, I don't know if he necessarily needs to be embarrassed by that, but um, I I would suspect it's something like that. I mean, you know, I'd be curious to get his, you know, fuller thoughts or more honest thoughts on it. Um, But the other thing I'd point out is that, um, you know, Facebook has no problem with this page. Uh, There's no implication that this is a threat on Facebook, that they're going to take the page down or anything. And so it was just a weird battle for him to pick even, you know, even more so because he specifically in a tweet a couple months ago said that his commitment to free speech extended all the way to this Elon jet account, which he would allow to exist on Twitter. And so that was the angle for me, you know, when I just made note on my feed of the fact that the Facebook page was still up. For me, it was kind of like, very hypocritical from his standpoint to say, you know, very directly and publicly that he was okay with this account and then to walk that back and make this big show out of banning it and kind of throw a tantrum over it. So um, again, you know, if there is some sort of safety risk that I'm not aware of, I'm certainly, I don't want to endanger anybody. And I think obviously um, if there is a risk, then, you know, maybe there is a good reason for accounts like this not to exist. But um, if that was the case, then, you know, We use flight trackers all the time. You know, there's going to have to be a broader conversation about this information being available on the Internet as widely as it is.
1: Mm. Seeing how this information was is out there to the public already past Twitter and Facebook. um, Do you think that this is a gateway for Elon Musk to do more things like this or worse?
4: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we've seen that um you know, I talked just this morning for my newsletter with Lynette Lopez. She's a reporter at Insider who um she was suspended on Friday of last week uh, which was a day after me and she was just reinstated on Tuesday of this week and it actually took her getting uh, officials at Insider involved with Twitter to try and get her back on the platform and Twitter had no communications with her. um, She found out, you know, much later, once Insider got involved, that the problem was she had posted a court document that had Elon Musk's email address visible on it, um, which I guess you can argue, you know, that that's like a a form of doxing, I suppose, to reveal someone's email like that. But she didn't know that for days and days. There was no communication. And she has a history of investigating Elon's company. She's done investigations of Tesla and of Elon's finances. um, And so it seemed pretty clear that it was a form of retaliation against her because Elon has a beef with her. And so, you know, I definitely think that um, these wave of suspensions, including myself and other reporters seems to be, as I kind of mentioned earlier, intended at having a chilling effect, um, making people like myself think twice, you know, if we're going to post something critical of Elon, because um, in my case, you know, one other tidbit that's relevant here is that the tweet that got me banned, I posted on Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening was when Elon announced this new terms of service where you couldn't link to any accounts tracking his jet or his movements at all. And so I ended up being banished for a tweet that when I posted it didn't violate any terms, but only later <laughs> on was determined to have done that. And so, you know, the point being that if he can kind of make it up as he goes, he goes and just come up with new rules that, um, you know, that can get journalists in trouble for specific things that they post, then None of us can feel uh safe that we can count on our a Twitter a, on our Twitter account still being there in the future. And so I'm, I'm sure that's part of it, but I guess I would also point out I think this has backfired pretty spectacularly on Elon. Um, you know, in the early days of his ownership, he would do these polls, and usually you can kind of tell the result that he wants from these polls. Um And typically early on, they would go his way where the results would come in consistent with what he wanted the result to be. Uh, He posted a a poll earlier this week about if he should step down from Twitter. And I think it ended up being like uh, 59, 41 people saying he should step down. And then he basically didn't tweet for a whole day after that. So I think he was maybe a little bit surprised that people were like, no, go away. Um, So I really don't think this has done him any favors. I mean, just before we hopped on this call, I was looking at um, there's been a lot of Reporting today about Tesla's stock price, which is down like twenty percent over the yeah. past few weeks, and you know is at like a historic low um, as as the uh, trading stopped today, and so um, it it does really seem like it's going quite poorly for him. And so I wonder if you know maybe he'll learn some lessons from this. Um, of course, he has now announced that he is intending to step down when he can find someone else to run the company for him, and. I think he'd be well-served to find someone who um, will be a little bit less erratic and um, maybe enforce the rules more even-handedly.
0: It's really breathtaking, the change in public perception of Elon Musk over the last six, seven years. I remember thinking about him. I was much, much less uh, educated on him as I am now, thinking about him as some sort of visionary who was going to figure out, how to get you from Boston to LA? An hour and a half in the Hyperloop underground. He was going to put people on Mars, and he's he's gone from that to being one of the most petulant, uh, immature, classic examples of the problems with hypercapitalism. Mm-hmm. He's like the problem child for this ro- new age robber baron sort of. Uh, American abuse of power and 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 money that we've that we've seen in the last couple of years that's my estimation of Elon Musk outside looking in you've reported on him right. you've essentially Aaron gone toe to toe with him uh at this point what's your estimation of Elon Musk
4: Yeah, so I should say in this connection that I really didn't pay much attention to him until he got involved with Twitter. Um, Interesting. I I had kind of a passing understanding of Tesla and and SpaceX and what, you know, what those companies represented and what they were. And so I guess I had respect for him in that context because obviously Tesla, you know, um, the way he's built that out into this, you know, I mean, at least before, uh, very recently into this highly profitable company, sort of the gold standard for electric vehicles. Uh, You know, SpaceX is universally respected as well. And so, you know, I kind of had just a layperson's admiration for his work. Um, But I think since he's gotten involved with Twitter, um, it's clear what his agenda has been. You know, he was upset over Trump being banished. Um, He was upset over people being suspended for spreading public health information, misinformation. Um, and so he's kind of come at this with this right wing agenda that I think also he hasn't been very honest about because, you know, his whole thing at first was that he was a radical free speech person. He wanted more speech, not less. And then he suspends people like me who are just trying to conduct speech on his platform, you know, which is kind of a bad look, um, you know, before the midterm elections, he explicitly asked people to vote Republican, Yeah. Uh, you know, which I think kind of undercut this idea that um, he's a centrist or he doesn't belong to either party. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's done grave, grave damage to his brand, uh, not only personally, but, you know, in, in terms of uh, Tesla and SpaceX and the other companies that he's involved with. And so um, that's unfortunate. Um, I guess it goes to show I, th- I think he thought, you know, honestly, that he would be viewed as this hero. And I do think with within a certain segment of the populace, maybe that is the case, you know, among Trump supporters, people who feel like. Um, Twitter has been unfair to them. And I've gotten a lot of this, you know, when I was suspended and then reinstated, a lot of people in my replies who are Trump supporters or right-wingers kind of saying, well, now the shoe is on the other foot, how does it feel? As though what I did was equivalent with spreading public health misinformation or telling people not get vaccinated, things like that. Um, But I do think there is kind of this grievance that people on the right have about feeling like Twitter um, came after them you know, in a way different than they were with people on the left, um, I would kind of draw distinction between um, the sort of stuff I do in the platform and spreading deadly misinformation or inciting an insurrection, organizing a coup attempt, those sorts of things. But yeah, I mean, I think among people who are kind of more moderate and on the left side of the political spectrum, I don't really think Elon can come back from this. And so that's unfortunate for him.
1: For you, I'm curious, and and maybe This is your thought, or maybe not, and maybe some of the other suspended um, journalists as well. Do you feel like you second-guess at this point what you post on the platform? And also, have you thought about transitioning from this platform after this?
4: Yeah, I have had some second thoughts. I mean, even today, um, I ran, as I mentioned earlier, this Q&A with Lynette Lopez, and she was reinstated on Tuesday evening. But I'd already conducted, the interview was already done before then with her. So the interview was done while she was still suspended. I was worried as I was prepping that for publication that maybe this would be, you know, because since she was banned from the platform, that maybe this would be construed as her circumventing a ban, On Twitter and that I could be punished for publishing a newsletter, you know, with her being interviewed because she's banned from the platform. And like, for instance, Twitch has a policy where if someone is banned from a Twitch stream and you feature them on there, you can get banned. It's like ban evasion. And so um, I was worried about that. You know, yeah, just in general, um, I don't want to pull punches because I think that would compromise kind of what I'm up to as a journalist. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that there is kind of like, is it worth it kind of taking a pot shot at him even because it seems like, again, he can kind of make up reasons to ban people. And I don't want to get banned if I can help it, even though, um, you know, it it wasn't all negative for me by any means. Um, but then with the second part of your question, you know, looking at other platforms, I mean, yeah, definitely this caused me to get going on post news, um, which, um, I think is probably the closest thing on offer right now to being some sort of Twitter replacement. Um, we can kind of get into that if you're curious. I mean, there there are things about posts that I don't think are that awesome, but there are things about it on the other hand that I like, and I do think it has some upside. It doesn't have any, anywhere near the scale of Twitter at this point. Um, But so I was heartened to start an account on there. And I think I already have over like 70,000 followers, which for posts is pretty high numbers. So like that already feels like a pretty good toehold. And then next week when the news is a little bit slower, I'm hoping to get busy on Mastodon as well. Um, which Mastodon takes a little more technical expertise than I think a lot of people have because you kind of have to understand how servers work and each server has different moderation policies. And so there are layers of complexity that Twitter or Post News or Facebook doesn't have. Um, but, you know, I guess the the broader picture is that I don't think any of these platforms right now um, are close to being a suitable Twitter replacement. But I would just, you know, the thought experiment for me, you know, being in my late 30s, um, like when I was in college, MySpace was dominant, yeah. and everybody was on MySpace. And then, within a couple of years, Facebook kind of crowded them out, and everybody was on Facebook. And now, for news, Facebook has kind of declined. Everybody's on Twitter. People are on TikTok now, and so these things evolve. And I think that um, Twitter kind of going down the tubes, like it seems to be, creates market opportunities, and we're already seeing, you know, some people kind of, you know, companies rise up to sort of to fill um, to fill the void, so to speak. So I'm not worried over the long term. I mean, I think two, three years from now, um, we'll probably look upon the decline of Twitter as being sort of a quaint thing that happened and we'll all be on some platform that we haven't even thought of yet, you know, talking to each other. But um, yeah, it definitely inspired me, this experience to more actively explore alternatives and to try to get busy, you know, generating followings on them.
0: Aaron, it seems like you don't think that Twitter will survive Elon Musk.
4: You know, I I think it's too soon to say because I I do think that there's a chance um, with all of this bad publicity swirling around him that he will just try to wash his hands of it to some extent and hire someone with a little more credibility to run it. So I don't want to totally I don't want to like rule that out. I think that could very well that could be the way that this plays out. Um, Of course, even if he hired someone, ultimately, he would still be the owner and pulling the strings behind the scenes. And so. I'm sure he would hire someone who is kind of an ideological um, bedfellow of his, you know, just is Donald who, Trump like, on the Jr. right wing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, Donald Trump, Jr. I just saw on Instagram last night, he was, he was putting his name out there. He was saying, you know, Elon call me. Basically, oh, I'd be happy. Right. So, yeah. um, but I think that's also, you know, cause one of the fun things about Twitter is that it's kind of the one platform where people on the left and right kind of do battle, you know, cause we're all kind of on there. Right. You know, but yeah. like true social, it's all right wingers or even like post news is mostly people on the left. Mastodon is mostly people on the left. And so um, that is kind of a unique dynamic with Twitter that I think would be a shame to lose. Um, and it's not only just politics, it's also brands, sports teams, public figures, like everybody kind of has a perch on Twitter. Um, but I think that if we keep going down this path of it being really unpredictable and people like me being punished, you know, whereas people who are, you know, El- you know, the, the right wingers who are always in Elon's replies and who Elon is replying to getting rewarded. Um, I think we're going to get to a point where, you know, public figures and brands, and we've already seen some of this, are going to probably make the decision that it's no longer worth being on Twitter. Um, You know, um, if if you're running one of the White House Twitter accounts, for instance, right now, at what point do you say it's not worth it for us to validate this platform by keeping, you know, by continually posting on it? Maybe we're better off just reassessing what we're doing on social media altogether. And so I think, you know, we could get to a point where there's more of a, consumer revolt you know are people leaving the platform in droves we've already seen some of that but people who have big platforms deciding to leave and i think that would be really bad so you know i i I am rooting in some way for twitter to survive um and i just hope that elon kind of removes himself from the picture because i think we've seen enough to know that he's quite erratic and it's not going to go well as long as he's meddling every day
0: Hmm. Uh, got anything else
1: my last question was going to be predictions for 2023 or in 2023 for Twitter, but you kind of just answered it right there with that last uh, uh, answer. So I guess we shall see what happens. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, on,
4: on that note, I think that, um, I do think to me, the most likely scenario is that at some point between too long, at some point, not too long from now, Elon appoints someone as CEO who will be, um, have more credibility and kind of stay out of things, try to sort of bring back some sense of normalcy on the platform, And I do think that things my prediction will be that my prediction is I think things will stabilize on Twitter. Um, And maybe that's kind of maybe I'm rooting for that. and So it's kind of um, coloring my perception a little bit. But I think for everybody involved, I don't think it makes sense for Elon financially to really tank this because he owes a lot, you know, billions, tens of billions of dollars. And um, those debt payments are going to be harder to make if no one's actually on the platform and using it. So I think he has even as one of the richest people in the world, he has incentives to try to make this work uh, more effectively than he's done so far. All right, Aaron,
0: we appreciate you coming on Higher Learning. Look, I didn't know about the Minnesota Vikings thing. The next time you're on here, uh, me being from Louisiana, we're going to have to talk about the game.
4: Oh, boy. Oh, we're going uh, to – I'm going to – Yeah. I need to prepare mentally for that conversation because that was one of the uh, – that was one of my most traumatic sporting uh, experiences. Uh, actually, that, that was just one note on that. I, was, I got together with a bunch of my high school buddies for that uh-huh. game. And it was kind of the last time with my crew of high school friends that we all got together at once and we watched that game. And we were so sad when it ended. I remember just sitting in, in silence for about five minutes. And at that time, we had a ping pong table in the house that I was in downstairs, and we all kind of silently got up and started playing ping pong and did a little ping pong tournament. <laughs> yeah. That was how we got through it. That was as a Vikings fan. That was really, really tough. It's
0: a tough one. It's a tough one. Brett, Brett threw it away. All right, Andrew Parr, you guys follow him. At A.T. Rupar on Twitter That's at A-T-R-U-P-A-R He is literally One of the best follows on Twitter Keeps you up to date and in the know On everything important that's going on In U.S. politics Thank you for joining us today
4: Thanks for me My, My pleasure. pleasure
0: I gotta tell you something I kind of agree with The GOP slash Republicans on something Is weird I... I kind of agree with them on this. I, 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 it's, it's weird. Rachel, I'm not so sure we shouldn't ban TikTok. Like, well, it, 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 I'm it, just we,
1: now really kind of getting my TikTok game
0: I, together. I know. I'm not so sure we shouldn't ban TikTok. Tick I have, I've been really diving deep into the TikTok Talk situation, and. I it, it pains me, but TikTok is deeply, deeply problematic. Stay are tarry. they right
1: about it for the wrong reasons, or are they just all around right in your research? Because they could be motivi- they they could be right, but they could have been motivated by the, the wrong we should reasons say this. and got to the right answer.
0: It's not just people on the right that are calling for a really deep look in into TikTok. It's people on both sides of the aisle. However, right now it is only a lot of GOP-led states that uh, are banning TikTok on federal devices um, as part of an ending year spend, end of the year spending bill. Uh, but these states are North Dakota, Iowa, Idaho, Texas, South Dakota, South Carolina, Maryland, Utah, Oklahoma, Alabama, New Hampshire, Georgia, it's a purple state, Tennessee, Montana. Wyoming, it's a lot. Virginia. Yeah, yeah. This is a banned. um, a ban on federal devices. Look. Uh, Nebraska's has has had it its ban in place since 2020. So it's the Florida Department of Financial Services, uh, Louisiana, and West Virginia each announced partial bans. Okay. Now I want to make sure that I discuss this in the proper context because there's two ways that this can be discussed. Okay. One way that this can be discussed is as part of, um. Sort of the entire globule of anti-China, which then gets equated to anti-Asian sentiment Correct. that popped up um, during and post the pandemic. What what ended up happening was the the conversation around China was so the conversation around China was so basic and uh, lacked nuance to such a degree that it ended up sparking an entire worldwide movement of Asian hate. We know that,
1: right? Yes, it did.
0: And it seemed as if it was being done purposely at times. All right? Um, Having said that, there is the reality of the Chinese government. And the reality of the Chinese government is that it's a very secretive, Authoritarian, uh, vicious regime that has a brutal and abhorrent right, uh record on human rights. That's yes. just facts. Yes. Now it seems weird as Americans sometimes for us to look down our nose at people when the way we have treated black people in this country, the slaughter of natives in this country, the treatment of women in this country, the treatment of gay and trans people in this country. It seems weird for us to look down our nose at another. At another uh, culture or another country in this way, but this is these are the facts about China. And another fact about China is that they are in a vicious economic and political war with the United States, a desperate one. The biggest threat to u s super uh, superpower status is China and China is coming on. So you'd wonder about whether or not China's regime, being the flag bearer in the entire world is a good thing. You wonder if it's good for the United States. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to talk on both sides of my mouth. But China is using TikTok to spy on America. It's fucking real. I don't know what else to say. It's just fucking facts. Like it. It. it uh, the director of the FBI recently warned that the Chinese government can control TikTok's content algorithm within the United, uh, allowing it to perpetuate influence uh, operations with, within the United States, okay? There are two ways that, that TikTok is bad. Number one is I saw something on Jake Tapper when they were talking to a white guy from TikTok. They were talking about the fact that because TikTok is a, is a Chinese company, there's a different version of Ch- TikTok in China. Yes. But because TikTok here is still a Chinese company, they have the duty to share all of their information with the government. That means whatever the Chinese government wants to know about the users and the data on TikTok, they have to, by law, share that information with the Chinese government. Now, a lot of people are out there saying, hey, doesn't that, can't that happen anywhere? Can't any different place be can't Facebook be hacked? Can all of these different people be hacked? All of that stuff. It's true. Can people look into your stuff and all of that and then give it to the government? Give it they definitely can, but it's illegal. In China, it's 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 legal. And secondly, the manipulation of the algorithm to the American child, the differences between what the Chinese version of TikTok is promoting yeah. to kids and what the American version of the TikTok is promoting to kids. It's wild. I, I that was one got shocked. Too. That one got I was too. shocked to learn what an issue. I don't think I've ever felt like this before in terms of an app. And we all know that this shit is bad for us, but. But
1: deliberately <laughs> is, yeah. setting their, their children up for a different future on an app that has ours just sucked all the way in. And I'll be very honest with you as a fellow TikToker. People like our videos on TikTok. I was against the app. I was like, when's Van getting a TikTok? I have seen me go from being overwhelmed with TikTok and spending two minutes on it to catching myself and being like, oh my God, it's been 20 minutes and I'm still looking at TikToks. And I'm 37. I can mm-hmm. only imagine what that does to a generation that is growing up in this type of world. And they're purposely feeding... This is why... This one this one got me. This, they're purposely feeding our children this, knowing what it can do to them and setting theirs up for a totally different future by showing them science projects and history and all of that kind of stuff.
0: This is so an odor of so a topic. You're, a,
1: you're, a, uh, you're far right on this issue.
0: Shut up. This is an, <laughs> an hors of a topic. We need to get somebody on TikTok. Somebody from TikTok on the show
1: because in the and the question i want to know is why should we continue using it why like do they have well, my information should I, I like i i'm entertained by it but i'm not i'm not i'm not getting news by it well that's well, actually not true i actually learn things from tiktok it's actually not tiktok
0: true. like tiktok <laughs> says that they are uh i watched an interview with the guy Jake Tapper i sat down and and, and i watched it, watched it a couple of times he said that they are dedicated to two things. Number one, um, convincing Americans and that they're doing this already, that their data and that their privacy is safe in the same way that it's safe with other apps. That there's no specific danger of China having any sort of read on what's going on uh, with us any more than there is in any other app. And they're going to prove that by working with Oracle, by working with different companies um, to provide better security on TikTok. And number two, that they are also committed to looking into the algorithm okay. itself and auditing it for its content and what it's showing the kids. There was one interesting part of this interview that really bothered me though. Okay. So Jake Tapper's talking to this guy. Gotta look mm-hmm. at this guy's name. Gotta look at this guy's name. And he asks him, cause there's a, there's a belief that there are certain terms on TikTok that are banned not for the reasons that you think that they're banned. So, I think on t- TikTok terms like concentration camp are banned, um uh like work camp are banned, like genocide are banned. There's certain things like that that are banned on TikTok, right? Um and there's a belief that those things aren't banned because of their connection to the Holocaust. They're not banned because that they're, they're violent or destabilizing or just bad. But they're banned because they don't want people to make TikToks about the condition of the Uyghurs in China and the genocide that the that the government is perpetuating against its own people that those things, that those bands are in order to be able to suppress knowledge of that situation that's happening right now with a specific group of people in China uh, without that becoming something that goes viral, okay? Um, so he asked the guy about it.
1: Yeah, Michael Beckerman.
0: Michael Beckerman is the guy. Um, he asked him, and he asked him whether or not that was happening to the Uyghurs in China. And he wouldn't answer the question. And, and Jake, Jake Tapper, he goes, now, are you not answering this question? Because if you answer this question, then you, and you acknowledge that that's happening in China right now, then you'll use, then you'll lose your job. And we roundabout get to some very soft sort of, Admission that there is something happening. To have somebody like that over an information platform, an app to that degree who can't even discuss or admit that one of the biggest human rights violations in the world is actually taking place mm. is wholly insufficient. And the fact that that guy fucking knows that he can't say that yeah. lest he be fired. Makes me wonder exactly what the fuck is going on over there. Yeah, and so I'm on. I'm, on, I'm not a TikTok user anyway. I don't want to like sound the alarm, but it's it's troubling. To yes. it, it's troubling to a degree. It says, oh, it says right here. You Donny just sent it, or no? TikTok executive refuses Jake Tapper's multiple requests to acknowledge China's treatment of the leaders. Nuts. Stuff. It's tough. It's tough. Once again, I'm an American. I'm not looking down my nose at any other country or anything like that. Whoa. This but I'm different. just saying. Okay. Uh oh, go back to TikTok real quick. I was wondering, let's do is this fucked up, Donnie. Give me some kind of graphic or some kind of sound for is this fucked up? Is this fucked no, up? No, we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> yup. Right. Um, there's a white dude who creates content on tiktok comparing black people and white people and uh i'm not i don't know i'm not fucking with this like it's 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 weird to me
1: rubs me the wrong way and i saw this a couple of days ago on tiktok (laughs) i saw this and i thought it like it made me feel i was gross i was like this is so there's something very wrong with this. And I know that black people do actually do they, I was about to say there are black people, you know, comedians on social media that'll say black versus white. But as I'm saying that, I don't know if that's true. I know they do what black people do their own people do, but do they do what black people do versus white people do? And is there a difference? I would say yes.
0: Yeah. But I'm- I-, I think there's a big difference. <laughs> Did I think you the look big deal, the, yeah, I looked at them. It's how we get something off the shelf, how we put an item back on the shelf, how we chill at home. That doesn't make any sense for us to play these because you're not going to be able to. I mean, we can, I guess we can play them. Donnie can play one under my voice if you're watching the podcast, but you know, these are very visual. But basically, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through one. And it's not like it's not true, but you know, the guy's going like how white people get something off, off the shelf they smell it and then they take the first one and he goes, how black people get something off the shelf, they smell it and then they take the third one to the back. I do that. I reach past the first one that everybody has touched that's or fucked we with taught. and I grab the one that's in the back that nobody has really gotten to. I especially yes. do it in the uh, the convenience store so I can get the colder shit. That's a trick my we dad We were taught.
1: always taught that. Pulling a drink, I never got the first newspaper on top. You know, it's, it's, we, that's, yes. Somehow that got out to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do.
0: I don't like that. White people feel so comfortable that a white person feels so comfortable with us that they can talk about what it is that we do.
1: Right. I also don't like to see a white person imitating what black people do. That's what, that's what I'm that's saying. What, that. Right. Uh, yes. Well, I feel like they were different, but okay. Sure. Um, I also, my first question when I saw it, I'm like, are you watching videos of what black people do? Because these videos exist out there. There are people who compile the things that black people do when they go to bed, when somebody comes over, when they cook, there's a whole thing of that. So are you watching this and then creating your own content? So now you're creating content off the backs of what black people have already done. It's like you're stealing it. You're trying to be funny, imitating what we do. I, there's so many things that are wrong with this. I hated it.
0: You know what Damien. it's really about?
1: Damien. What's his name? Say his name.
0: I want to bring Damien on. His name is, he's a white TikToker. Dame Damien. Damien. I want to talk. Dame, Dame. Dame Damien. Dame Damien. You know what? You know what really bothers me about it? Is I want white white people to, to get it through their heads that it ain't the same. It's just not. It's not. I know they think it's the same. Everything is the same. It's the same. It's not the same. We joke on you because we have to. (laughs) I'll just be honest with you. We joke on you because we have to. You know why we tell little jokes about how white people walk in the office all happy and get excited for the weekend? You know why we tell jokes about that? To keep us from tearing the fucking office up. That's why. I know. We tell jokes like this and we we laugh about this. We're coping. The fuck y'all got to cope about. Do you know why you would take the 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 one third from the back because you want the highest quality? Because in your life, every fucking dollar counts. Every dollar counts. You don't want the one that's been sprayed. You don't want the one that's been picked up. You know, it's like I, I, white, white, white people think they the fact that they think it's the same after years and years of of kicking you in your nuts from the back just bothers me. Why can't I say the n word? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! The one like, why you guys? You guys joke. Why can't we joke? Shut the fuck up! You know what? We'll be able to joke if you guys go ahead and live in slavery for three hundred years. Like after that, then it'll be the same. This is my. I have ooh. I have a deal for white people. All the joking will be the same. Everything will be the same. It'll be both ways. You just owe us three hundred years of slavery. Get started.
1: You wouldn't? Would you enslave them? You would do that? Is that what you're saying? You would have white slaves?
0: Yeah. If it was, if it was to get to a better day,
1: a day, <laughs> a day you would not see because it's three hundred right, right, years.
0: Right. of slavery. Oh my you... god! Like I'm, I'm sorry. Is this is wrong? But yeah, I drink a mint julep on these motherfuckers. So I'll so be, it's tit
1: for tat when it comes to slavery.
0: I would be a very benevolent slave master, though. Oh, you know what I mean?
1: Does that that Whoa. is the that is the crazy? I'm sure some of them thought they were too.
0: Hey, it's different modern times. I would be different. I'd be like, hey man, you know, y'all look, it's hot. You know what I mean? Y'all could knock off for the day, go inside, chill, watch friends. You know, I'd have different I'd have different acts come to the plantation. You know, they'd be to out
1: entertain
0: there. Them? Yeah. One day. And how I'd would fucking you punish? Ha- have Motley crew what happened?
1: And how would you punish?
0: I would make them watch Tyler Perry movies. Wow. It's not gonna be physical. I would just make them because we like that shit. But they hate it. I would make them watch Tyler Perry movies. You know what I mean? Make them fucking do dances that they Actually, can't comprehend. They
1: like Tyler Perry movies. They love no, they don't. Medea.
0: No, they don't. No, they don't.
1: They love they, to laugh at Medea. They think Medea is so funny.
0: I'll tell you something else. White people get their, there's not one thing that white people get their racist shit off on more than Tyler Perry. They, if you're white people can't diss Tyler Perry in front of me, I don't accept it. Only we can talk about Tyler. If we want to, because Tyler's made, Tyler's made a lot of funny movies that are fun to watch. White people can't talk about Tyler Perry, because what they're really saying is nigga, nigga, nigga to me. I'm too insecure for that. So I'm saying if if it can be the same for this guy tick tocking right here, I don't want this to happen. But if they want to make a deal, it don't even have to be 300 years. I'll settle for 125. 125.
1: Wow. That's so Nice of you, man.
0: Oh, uh, what like one twenty five? If if it's all the same, I'm hey, just it's the
1: take same. reparations.
0: No, that's not enough. What? I need repar because because you gotta stop this. Well, okay, stop, okay. stop, stop, Daddy,
1: stop, stop. stop. I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Reparations is I want reparations, but it's still not going to be the same. Because why we getting reparations only because of the kicking of the asses.
1: I would never be able to sit with myself knowing that I, I don't care how nice i am enslaved somebody
0: even if it was retribution see that's what's wrong with y'all niggas like <laughs> like, 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 like let me tell it like let me let me tell you i'm not talking about i'm talking My about revenge
1: let me i know you're talking about revenge oh All right. vengeful self
0: maybe we should take this out <laughs> donnie should we I do think, this
1: donnie i think we <laughs> should.
0: you, you said no i love it yeah let's keep it Okay.
1: Oh, I thought Tony was saying no.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's like if I don't want it, but I'm saying, okay, whatever. I don't just hold on. Just so people know, I don't want to have slavery. But what I'm saying is if if everybody just went, fuck it, we need to zero shit out. And we need to make it equal.
1: That's what would cancel it out for you.
0: That's that's what it's going to take. So stop acting like it's the same, Dame Damien. Come on the podcast or we on your ass every week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) Mailbag. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go to mailbag. Do you like this guy?
1: I'd never seen him until people started saying he was problematic. Ah. No, I don't like this guy. I just told you how uncomfortable it makes me feel. It's disturbing to me. And the fact that he thinks it's okay. And I was looking at the comments. What do you call it when you do, when you look at the comments?
0: Uh, comment autopsy.
1: A lot of people are like, who told you we do that? How'd he get it right? And see, that's why he feels emboldened to do that. Y'all got to stop. It's not okay. Especially the one he did with the um, the fire alarm. I didn't like that at all.
4: Yeah.
0: With the church. I'm not, I, don't, I don't dig none of it. I don't dig none of it. <laughs> All right, it's mail back time. Mail back time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mail back time. Write us with your queries and
4: we'll chime in. All right. Uh first one is from Hold on. Ashley, do you want to switch off on these?
1: Yeah, totally, yeah.
4: Okay, cool. I'll start from the top. Who, this is from Bernie Gatt,
1: Bernie Saylor. Who is an artist that most people love that you never
4: understood the appeal of and why?
1: Billie Eilish.
0: Really? Billie Eilish. Mine I think a- she's
1: super talented, but the obsession, I'm like, I don't get it. The music is so sad to me. Lana Del Rey, too.
0: Lana well, Del Rey got a couple of bangers, man.
1: I mean, I there's an A song I like of Billy's, but I'm talking I, I don't for the level that they're that she's on, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's...
0: What a good question. Um an artist that most people love that you never understood the appeal of. Hmm. Somebody who you just kind of don't fuck with the shit they're doing. Uh I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that. Like, most people I can kind of dig a couple of things. It's more songs to me. But I don't really know any of these new people as much. I gotta be honest with you.
1: Well, you said you've said before that you've kind of felt that way about Beyonce. T's,
0: nigga, you must be out your motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, excuse me. No, that on was Mr. Christmas. Carter. Jay-Z.
0: On, on Christmas. I'm not talking about neither one of them people. <laughs> I have my shit all fucked up. Good for them. I love them both. Every song, every tune. No, I'm saying that I like Rihanna a lot more than I like Beyonce. I like Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce has Beyonce has great music, but Beyonce, I, I would say this. Up to the actual Beyonce album, Beyonce's first album, and then the album when she came back, the Beyonce album, I really... Beyonce... Then lemonade and then Renaissance is fucking just amazing. You know what I mean? Like Renaissance is great, but before then it was really a little hard for me to connect to Beyonce's music for whatever. Told reason. y'all. Hmm. Whatever say whatever you say. The stuff so she puts out now, nah, I love it. I th- I think Rihanna is amazing though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rihanna is the best. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I have to think about that. That's a good question. Let me give an answer though. I don't want to just. Oh, you know who I never understood? You know that "Give Me Your Location" guy. No. Give me. Your location, the- Khalid? Khalid, yeah. People used to say that he was the greatest of all time. I'd be like, this is cool. He's not whack. But I don't know. No, that's my answer. Well, shout out to that man, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> <He's doing that. laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Donnie, next.
1: All right. Such I got a you. Random pick. Mm-hmm. I said, um, wait, Ashley, next. <laughs> yes, I got you. Uh, the next one's from Mason Dark. Van. You're from Louisiana, known for a connection to voodoo. Do you believe in curses? Have you ever been or felt cursed? How did you get out of this curse?
0: Kind of crazy shit. Uh, I will let it's you guys. It's also the know way
1: that... Ashley read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will let you guys know that both my mother and my sister are voodoo practitioners. Didn't so she fact... tell
1: you not to say that?
0: It's facts. I don't know. It don't matter what they said. It's facts. My sister is a hoodoo practitioner. My mother is a hoodoo practitioner as well. That shit is real. Yeah, I don't think that is real, but the universe uh, works on energy and the energies of the universe uh, flow through different people in different ways, different objects in different ways, different places in different ways. And those energies are subject to manipulation. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. And Ebony knows right now, my dad used to be afraid of it. My dad. I
1: know you said that. On <laughs> That's why I said they told you not to say that on here. My dad
0: would get so scared. My dad would be like, come here, boy. Your mama and your grandma, they some hoodoos so You got to watch out. I can't, he come home with Burger King because he would be afraid to eat after they got to an argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. Uh, okay, well, uh, we can do two more or one more, mm-hmm. it depends on y'all. It's up to you guys. Hasty Definition 663 asks, What's the most
1: impactful black movie of the year, 2022? Right. Is it Black Panther? Black Panther. I can't I'm 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 also like
0: drawing a blank. Mm,
1: That's the mm, most recent mm, one. Mm, so I'm going to say mm, Black Panther mm. right now.
0: Black Panther was good. Um I've seen a lot of movies, some of them that haven't come out yet, but the most impactful is for sure Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? The most impactful is Black for Panther sure Black Panther. We waited for a long for a long time, but you have to you have to remember I know you guys didn't like it. I know you didn't dig it because you guys didn't like the history behind it, but you don't want to hate on the Woman King. Woman
1: King's highly nominated.
0: Woman, you don't want to hate on the Woman King. The Woman King is fantastic. I'll be honest with you, you can make an argument that the Woman King is as good as Black Panther, maybe a little bit better, but um, no, Black Panther. I loved Black Panther. I loved the Woman King. Both really great movies. The Woman King is great great movie all right uh what's the next one
1: okay this one's from icy introvert mariah would you rather invite herschel walker or candace owens to a christmas party oh definitely after that performance of crossroads i'm inviting herschel
0: herschel for sure
1: he he knows how to tell stories even if they don't make sense he yeah. dances um he seems like a better time
0: yeah Plus, you could have more fun with Herschel.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know what I mean? You could tell Herschel all kinds of things that weren't true. You could tell Herschel to dress up to the party like a dinosaur. There was a different dinosaur party he'd come as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets there, he wouldn't even notice that nobody else was in a dinosaur costume. do all kinds of stuff. See, the thing with Candace is that Candace is smart. She is. That's a smart lady. So you're not going to be able to have as much fun with Candace as you would with Herschel. You know what I'm saying? You can make Herschel do like an applesauce eating contest with like no spoon. It's just Herschel Walker dipping applesauce, but then he's not competing against anyone with notice. All kinds of things. Depending on where the party was, you can do, make Herschel do different
1: feats of strength.
0: What? What what different feats of strength? We can have have, so many things that we can convince Herschel of. Like, During this party, and just have a great time with Herschel Walker. We wouldn't even need no music or entertainment. The whole entertainment entertainment of the party (laughs) would be Herschel. Just think, you think Herschel? Can you see Herschel right now, with with like with applesauce all over his hands? (laughs) Y'all got any more? It's just to be funny.
2: (laughs)
1: We're done I no <laughs> because
2: I can't one get one.
0: that image out of my head. <laughs> and I just see them doing it and then turn around and moonwalking and, 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 and across your girl's and Moonwalking. <laughs> Y'all got any more? <laughs> where, where the moths at? <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, Moths. vampires, werewolves, um, coons. Right. We coons. Go. Coons. I'm a smart coon. You, we could put Hershel Walker in a cap and gown and do it. Graduate, it's fun. We can have so much fun with her. Uh, um, all right, that's enough. Um, you yes. got unexpected ally of the week?
1: Yes, wait, do you have one? You go first. I do,
0: okay. Ron Rivera, the coach of the uh, oh, the, the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. There was an amazing video that came out earlier today of him announcing to his players which guys made the Pro Bowl. And just – the reason why I call it an allies, because there's one guy at the end of the video that is just a hard-luck case in the NFL. If you haven't seen the video, you should watch it. A guy that just has struggled to maintain uh, a place in the NFL. And he finally he, – he got there. He's a, a Pro Bowl special teamer. And you could tell that Rivera and, and everybody else, including – one of his white teammates just knew how hard he had worked and what a big deal that was to him. And it was just something amazing to watch on the holidays. Aww. So I'll give a shout out to Ron Rivera for that video. It was really, really special.
1: I, I thought I had one. I don't.
0: You don't? Okay, fine. Hell but off. that's nice. That's, Walker. That nice. <laughs> Applesauce eating. Applesauce eating concert between Herschel Walker and Jesse Lee Peterson. The Walker, Walkhead, Jeffy, just, he make them eat applesauce with their hands. The Alabama applesauce eating contest with the two of them. Did he just, Donnie, you do like that. All right, take the thing, i not stop learning.
2: I didn't realize <laughs> what you said about Donnie. Donnie, what that?
0: Donnie liked it. Donnie liked it. Donnie said, score one. Like, score one for Herschel Walker. It was a <laughs> All right. For Ashley and Donnie, take Dean cast off and do not stop learning. I am
1: I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. Happy holidays. Be safe. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.